Well, um, welcome back to another thrilling episode of It's Almost the Weekend, the Pokemon Haters Haters podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is the Pokemon Hate cast, and yeah. sometimes we talk about other things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My name's Joe. I'm I'm Daz. Um, <sighs> and dude, it's a beautiful sunny day where I am. How how are things where you are, and how are you? Uh, yeah, things are beautiful and sunny here as well. It's like, what is it right now? 13 degrees, no clouds in the sky. I, um, I was actually like on a chore, um, what would you call it? Rampage before I jumped <laughs> on the call. I was like running around. I, I descaled the coffee machine, oh. which is like months overdue, you know, when it like comes <laughs> up and it's like, descale me. And then you just never do it because it, it can't be that serious. Uh, <laughs> surely it's got some more time before it starts being completely disgusting so <laughs> did and you I like did you have a soundtrack to your rampage um no i didn't i did it in complete silence <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds quite intimidating <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah just the the um cold dead you know look of a, a killer white uh, what do you call it a great white shark while i like brush the cobwebs from the um the edges of the house and then i was like i got i'm gonna have to buy a pressure cleaner to like because it's filthy the house is covered in dust just because we live near like we live in like a new estate right and so there's like construction happening all the time everywhere around us and as a result there's just like dust you know dirt in the air yeah yeah um not all the time but just like you know every even if they did it once a year it would be enough to be like oh the house is filthy but they do it like you know once a month so <laughs> yeah just... yeah dust city yeah yeah and then i was like how domesticated am i that i'm thinking about buying a pressure cleaner just for the express express purpose of washing the house <laughs> i mean i love that kind of stuff as you get older you know there's just this like threshold that you pass over and suddenly mm. vacuum cleaners and kitchen utensils like all this stuff becomes exciting and it's not yeah it's not even like uh, shame-filled excitement it's just a genuine oh man that carpet's gonna be so fluffy and free of debris i cannot yeah. wait <laughs> yeah i'm looking at my debris laden carpet right now and i'm very excited to um smash smash it with the vacuum later <laughs> we got one of those like stick vacuums not the dyson but sort of the you know the cheaper version of the dyson that effectively is the same almost yeah yeah and uh yeah that was a thrilling purchase i tell you what <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah so this is a podcast about video games um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I listened to this other podcast it's called filthy casual shout out to the boys and um they uh <laughs> they're worse than us they spend like 45 minutes at the beginning just chatting like they, oh, they wow. never get to the video games and I so it's become that. like a meme that's that's what I'm about. I'm about, yeah. you know, like the podcasts where you switch them on and it just feels like you're grabbing a beer with friends. Yes, they're, yes, they're yes. They're my favourite kind. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that sort of like... I love it as well when you feel like you you want to chip in. You know, that feeling mm. of like, uh, it's my turn to speak now. I'm ready to like say what I've been doing for the week. Like that <laughs> is a... If we can bring that energy, then I'm uh, I'm very excited by that. Bro, we're we're bringing that energy. I can see you in your house with like mm -hmm. a deep frown, shaking out coffee grains in absolute <laughs> silence. 
it's uh i've got quite the image yep 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 uh i've got the flannel on uh you know all sorts of stuff it's very <laughs> um what am i thinking of like lumberjack aesthetic right oh yeah 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 there's a gentle mist on the horizon. Yeah, it's all there. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the rural life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I um, I actually to sort of pivot us towards the video games a little bit. I had a, a great question from my boss last night, and I wanted to get your answer to this oh, question. Oh, yeah, sure. So we were having the Friday bevs as as um as you do, and um, he was like, if you could make a video game about any IP. What would it be? What would the IP be? Oh, as in I get to like take the IP and do yeah, anything and make a video with, it. Game with it. Yeah. Mm, God, the big that's, one. Yeah, that's the the first IP that came to my head was Silent Hill. Oh um, yeah, but I one. think that's just because we've all been denied what could have been. <laughs> You know, so it's not that yeah. I would want to make an IP, but I would just want to take that IP and give it to Kojima again. And, <laughs> right, yeah and, yeah. and and Del Toro and just be like, be as weird as you possibly can. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I feel like while I really enjoy consuming video games and criticizing them, actually trying to create an idea from scratch is something yeah. that i'm not confident i'd be very good at oh um, yeah yeah i mean it's a very like game dev central conversation right like it's a sort of thing like you've been making games for a while and you're like oh you know like if you could grab one ip off the shelf what would it, what would you make a game of and so i i get that it's like <laughs> you feel as though you don't have the qualification to, to pull it off or whatever but totally. i still think it's like an interesting idea right like my answer was Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> we've come, we've come full circle in five yeah, minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, hit me, hit me with your yeah, yeah. Pokemon spiel. Oh, there's not much to the spiel. It was like, I just said the word Pokemon followed by an ellipsis and then um, said a good Pokemon. And then that was that. <laughs> and he loved that. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I mean, now that you say Pokemon, I could think of a trillion ways to make that better. And, yeah. and, and, you know, just with my non-dev brain, you know, mm. where I think of things and they come to fruition, not like, you know, project planning and yeah. like scaling it out to a large team. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Pokemon is a great answer. And then, you know, we, we like for ages ago, you and I were talking about, oh, what if they redid Pokemon Snap, you know, like. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and they, then, and then they, they did. did that, didn't they? Yeah, have, have you they played did. it? I did. I, the problem with, that I had with it was that it was too slow. So, you know, in like the original Pokemon Snap where like you would play a level pretty much twice and then you would have everything you need from it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Unless you needed to really go back and like completionist the yeah. game. Yep. 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 This one, it's like, you really need to play every single stage, like upwards of like nine or 10 times before you can either progress or you, um, progress the story or or like get get what you need so there's right. like day and night modes of each stage and there's like specific events that can happen in each stage that are triggered by certain things and right, right. depending on what time of day it is and there's all sorts of stuff like they really just went ham with it but the problem is it's so slow like i think maybe it's a bit of a nostalgia thing shout out to the last episode where it's like um 
it, the last game was also this slow, but there's something in, in the way that they've done this one that it just feels like so grindy. Like it's just not enjoyable to go out and, and take photos anymore. Oh, that sucks. I yeah. like, I remember loving the first one as a kid. And then yeah. when we played it, when you lived in Preston, that's yeah. like one of my favorite co-op experiences ever. Just, yeah. you know, having a few beers and playing through Pokemon Snap levels. Like, it was just really fun and yep. harmless. <laughs> yeah, totally. Very harmless indeed. Yeah, uh, I, I think we should try it again, you know, when you're all ready and feeling better and stuff. But mm -hmm. um, with a new one. But, I'd, uh, I'd love see... to. Yeah, dude, that would be sick. Um, I think you'll see, like, the kind of pay... It's, it's, it's not that the levels are slow, it's that you unlock them slowly and you unlock new things slowly. Right. It takes forever. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Got a, so, got a progression anyway. problem over there. They do have a progression problem. And also, the um, well, you know what? I think the Pokemon look good, but they just have... It's not as, like, exciting as I think it could be, you know, like... They have such potential to just do wacky shit with, with the Pokemon in, in the levels and have them have them be like way more random, but they're so on rails, you know, like mm. I know I know it's like, oh, you know where the Pokemon's gonna be, so then next time around you're gonna be able to take a great photo. But I think it's like with the online sharing and stuff like that that the game has, it would be so cool if there was some random element and someone ended up with a great Gyarados picture or whatever and they're like, oh, Right. Yeah, no one yeah. else is gonna be able to get this because like this Gyarados like flew over my cart and it's just never gonna happen again or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. Points. Like, well yeah. there's you know, there's only so much replayability in a game where everything is, you know, set out and and kind of curated like that. Because yeah. it's like on rails already so yeah. already the experience is is kind of in a in a tunnel so to speak and then yeah. if everything is exactly the same every time you're on the rail it's yeah i mean you're gonna get sick of things pretty quickly yeah yeah i don't know and, and then they had like in the original it was so cool how you would like throw a um like an apple at the vault orb and it would blow up the wall and, like, it never yeah. told you to do that expressly. It would just, like, hint. You yeah. know, like, you would see the Voltorbs explode and then there's, like, a, a rocky wall over there. And it's, like, you know, put two and two together and, like, unlocks the next stage. Yeah, yeah. I didn't I didn't notice much of that. You know, maybe I didn't get far enough into it. But that happened in, like, the second level in that, in Pokemon, the original one. So Yeah, kind of yeah. Like... And, and it kind of, that mechanic carried across where you would have two things interact. Like you'd have mm. like a shelter or cloister interact with a slowpoke and it would become a slowbro. Yeah, um, all that know. stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. and I feel like that's still pretty basic, but, you know, yeah. it at least keeps things engaging. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe I was hoping for more of like, uh, shout out to episode one, like an open world um, situation where you just have a camera and you're wandering around the world of Pokemon trying to get cool photos. Oh, that'd be like, great. Yeah. But there we, are similar, like, sorry. Uh, no, you're right. I, I was going to say, we, we just imagine, as soon as we say Pokemon open world, we just imagine a world so much 
more vibrant and full <laughs> yeah. of life than they're capable of producing. I know. Well, not that they're capable of producing. <laughs> they, I they... think they have enough money. Their, their capability <laughs> is there, right? Like, oh, my God. Don't no, no, we, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. Abort. Abort. You hear the tone in my voice. That sort of like, <laughs> what the fuck tone that's just like. Yeah, abort. Let's abort. Let's get, let's talk about the theme for this week's episode. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm down. So we're going to talk about dying in video games. <laughs> I mean, the topic doesn't have in video games in the <laughs> yeah. title. It just has it just says dying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm yeah. I'm I'm quite happy to talk about dying IRL as well. Um, yeah, I think we should. I think it's part <laughs> of it. <laughs> oh my god. So um, when when I put this prompt together what was the first thing you thought of um the first thing that came to mind for me was um well just how ubiquitous it is right like it's in every it's it's almost in every game that you play mm -hmm. uh, and it's like a central thing that's built into a lot of even game engines so like in unreal there's just by default when you play like the the starter level i don't really know what to call it the starter content level mm -hmm. even though there's nothing you can do in the game in the first person mode if you walk off the stage you die like, right there's like a kill a kill floor that's just in the world as a default yeah. and so when you think about like the sorts of games that people make based on the default situations that engines come with mm. it's just like there's a there's a death built in like mm. literally built in as a default and yeah. I, I think that's such an interesting um way of looking at it you know like um, the fact that death is just a part of a part of the world, a part of everything that you're going to make, pretty much. Yeah, um, well, I I guess it's like you know been so embedded going back to those arcade days, right? Because mm -hmm. in in most video games you can lose, like in, you know in Pong you lost but you didn't die, but like in Asteroids and Space Invaders, like in those those games you die, you know your little spaceship explodes. Um, mm. and you, if you, if you've got any, uh, sense of role play or imagination, which you would have had to, if you're a kid playing asteroids every day, um, <laughs> you know, your, your team and your crew and, and you yourself would have, would have died. So like, I think it's kind of just been a video game legacy almost. And I mean, the proof is in what you just said, like, I can't believe there's like an engine demo. And in, in the demo that shows off the engine, you can die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just there. I don't know about Unity if that has a similar situation, like in their default level or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, in Unreal, it's, it's definitely there. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, I agree. Like going, if we go back to like arcade systems, like how it was built into pulling quarters from people's pockets, like mm. the idea of dying is just like a, super frequent thing as well that happens in games you know like it's almost in like popular media's interpretation of video games you know like yeah the way mom you're gonna make me die you know like that idea yeah. of... <laughs> <laughs> and then her like you know uh nonplussed response like oh you're gonna die you know <laughs> so, i love that it's so um it's so uh on theme as like a video game thing yeah yeah totally yeah. it's like not being able to pause which oh. which millions of people are experiencing right now with Elden Ring because you can't yeah. pause that game. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, have you played any more? Speaking of Elden Ring, since you finished it, uh, yeah. So I've been like 
pendulating between Elden Ring and Loop Hero. Oh, um, hell yeah. And, man, I, I got to say, I've, like, since I finished Elden Ring, you know, I've been on Blackout. Like, I haven't looked anything up or... Mm um seen any videos or media or anything but i've i've come out of blackout and looked at a few things and man i've got so many gripes that no one else has <laughs> like i just yeah right i just think the game overall isn't actually that ambitious wow um, okay I, I think um the open world is huge but I, I don't think as a game, especially compared to their previous lineup, I don't think it's that ambitious. And like, oh. I've been on here before talking about Ghost of Tsushima and we talked about copying and pasting in open worlds. And mm. man, Elden Ring has almost more copy paste than I've seen in any other game. Wow. Like yeah. every single boss is, is copy and pasted somewhere except for mm-hmm. the cutscene bosses, but even some of those and <laughs> soundtracks are copied and pasted a lot. And yep. don't get me wrong, the exploration is, is top notch. And like, it's, it's a really good game. Like I'm saying this and you know, I've got some gripes, but it is a good game. Um, but man, there's just a lot of things I feel like they didn't implement. Well, I mm. think, I think the most obvious thing is the balance I think everyone is a glass cannon, including you. Like Mm. the enemies do way too much damage and you do way too much damage. Um, And it just means most boss fights are over in like 30 seconds to a minute and either you're dead or you've won. Like even with the final bosses, like when I beat the game, I'd only used like two or three flasks because, you know, the bosses basically kill you in one hit. So you either die or you beat them <laughs> it's just yeah. like i don't it feels more of a coin flip at that point yeah and i don't really like that design decision um and it's kind of uh like it shows in the lack of multiple health bars and that kind of thing mm-hmm. like many of the bosses have multiple phases but it's, you know, a third of the way through the health bar, then they change, then another third, and then they change again. Very few bosses actually have more than one health bar. Yeah. And and it just feels like it cheapens the fight um, mm-hmm. because you do so much damage. Like, there are some bosses where I've got the boss to, like, the second phase, and literally while the boss is transforming... I do enough damage to just completely skip that and go to the next phase. Right. Yeah, and, that sucks. You don't want to see, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, I don't know why they made that design decision. It's It seems super, super weird. And, yeah. like, I it's, it's not just the bosses. It carries across to the areas that, that you find yourself in. Like, I'm, a, I'm in an endgame area right now, and I just killed, like, a mini-boss. And I got 160,000 runes, <laughs> runes yeah. and th- that was a mini boss and that's, that's all well and good. But if I go out into the world, any of the enemies out in this area can one hit me and I get like 6,000 runes for beating them. And mm. it's just like, has this been play tested? <laughs> 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 like it's, it's not 
fun to find out an enemy's move set by instantly dying. Mm. You know, if you're on low health, fine, you, you, you deserved that. But in previous games, like in Dark Souls 3, you know, you can have 30 vigor or vitality or whatever the, the health stat is mm. and medium armor and the nameless king cannot kill you in one hit. But in, in this game, I've got 46 vigor and heavy armor and every second enemy can kill me in one hit. And it's just yeah. like, oh man, it, like it's so unsatisfying. And, and that kind of ties into, you know, the dying side of, of this topic where yeah. when dying feels unfair or you just feel like you've been hitting your head against a wall for too long, that's when it becomes unenjoyable for me. Yeah, interesting. I mean, oh, I think we should have a Elden Ring specific topic one week, right? Where we just like go over, I think you mentioned mentioned it last time or whatever, doing like a spoiler cast. Yeah, I'd love that. Um, because yeah, I think the game definitely has late game issues, um, big time. Um, and it's really hard, right? Like I think they have this, um, this balancing issue where by you can level up a whole lot right in in the world and it's not necessarily in a way like i remember in one of the first episodes we were saying how like oh you level up by not doing the main thing and going off and exploring and that's neat yeah. and i agree like while early on in the game that is really like a cool utility to have mm -hmm. but um there's like like you said you kill the mini boss and got one hundred and sixty thousand runes like i think there's just like really weird situations where like they they give huge amounts of runes as like a way to say okay now it's time for you to catch up you know like it's the part where you like get a bunch like i'm feeling the same thing right now i'm in the capital right and like i was i don't know like 15 levels lower like half an hour before i i finished not or like got done with the capital you know like right i leveled yeah. up so fast went by getting there because all the enemies gave me way more souls than i was used to and i was like what's going on right now like this isn't the same experience anymore like I didn't feel like I had to like fight for every level like I did before. Um, I wasn't doing any grinding or anything either. Like I was just playing the game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then in this area, I felt like oh shit! Like now, like I just play from one bonfire to the uh, side of grace to the next, and I just have uh, two levels pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I was like, what? So weird. It it is it is weird, and it and it feels it feels really different from the rest of their lineup. Like, yeah, we talked about the issues that they were going to have with balance in an open world, but mm. this feels like they've done a bad job. You know, it, mm. it doesn't feel like they've had a crack at it. Like, it feels like they've done a bad job. And it's pretty unexpected because their track record for, for this kind of stuff within their games is so good. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it is, it is a bit of a weird experience. Um, but for the most part, it is a really fun game. Mm. Um, I just think it's on the whole, a watered down version of all their other games. You know, when I think of the level design throughout Elden Ring, it's taken from the original Dark Souls, but I don't think it's as good when I think of the environments it, it feels like the environments have been taken from Dark Souls 3, but none of them feel yep. as original or as good. Yeah. Um, with Sekiro, 
I don't know what they learned from Sekiro because <laughs> Sekiro created, uh, well, w- what they did was they made quest lines much easier to follow and they were still yeah. cryptic and you still had to work out, um, you know, what characters might need or, you know, whatever you needed to get to um, get get them on their way. But with this, it's just like... It's, it's just, so cryptic. It's so it's just, cryptic and it's it's outdated, dude. Like, I don't yeah. know if they're running on the same engine, but speaking to a character three times, having to load out of the game and back in to see if they've moved, it's just, <laughs> it, it. I don't know. I just, it, it really does feel like Dark Souls 3.5 with a horse. And... <laughs> And I, I, I don't think, I, th- I think it's fine, but I don't think it's ambitious. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's dig into that more another time because there's so much meat on that bone. And I'm sure <laughs> yeah, once I true. get through with it, I think there's going to be even more meat on the bone. You know, like yeah, right yeah. now, I feel like we're both chewing on the same end of your bone. But the, <laughs> this is a, ter- <laughs> this is a terrible analogy. No. Oh my god. Abort, abort, go back to abort Pokemon again. 8. <laughs> yeah, back to Pokemon 8 where it's safe. There's no bones. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so, but yeah, the, the dying in that game. And, and, and I think what um, is really cool that FromSoft do a lot, this is the FromSoft appreciation or like deprecation podcast now, because um, the the dying in Sekiro is like a really interesting te- uh, mechanic that they added, mm, right? Yeah. So yeah. It's all of a sudden you had two health bars now, pretty much, right? Yeah, like you were, yeah. Even though you were weak comparatively to a lot of the game, um, enemies in the game, you still had this ability to come back if you so chose and like have another crack at it. And that gave you the chance to like get better at the bosses before, you know, having to run back and, and do it all again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, I mean, other games that do death in an interesting way. Uh, oh come uh, on! Well, we we got we got to give it to the MVP, Hades. Ha- Hades, ha- yeah. Hades is is one of the best games to die in because it's got this super tight gameplay loop where you have fun when you're out there, you know, blasting through all the biomes, and then you die and you're taken back to the house of Hades and then all this story unfolds. So it's got this weird kind of link with dying where you're like, Oh bugger, that sucks. And then you're like, Oh great. I get to, you know, speak to Nix and, you know, go and speak to some gods and see what's going on and, you know, try and hook up with Meg or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's that game has this amazing pace, right? Where like, it doesn't kill the the run or does but it doesn't kill your progress in the overall game by dying it get and it's not like it's not just strictly like oh you hold on to some mechanics or you hold on to some abilities which you do you also hold on to the story which progresses each time you die which is yeah. just genius i wish i liked that game more uh i don't really know exactly what it is that repels me from that game but uh, oh really i didn't yeah. know you had an ailment <laughs> yeah it's it's not an ailment it's, it's not that i don't like it i think i do like it i just don't um um the moment to moment isn't enjoyable for me the gameplay itself like fighting right. yeah oh man and maybe it's just like roguelikes in general like i've always kind of i've enjoyed the concept of them and i like playing them for a little bit but and when it comes to actually like finishing them or like progressing through them i just drop them i don't know i don't know what it is right oh man i'm 
I'm the complete opposite. I, mm, I, I know. I, you they love re- them. <laughs> yeah, they really appeal to my addicted personality. Yeah. When when Hades came out, I was just, you know, I must have played 100 hours that month as well as working mm. a full-time job. Like, it was just... That's sick. Yeah. It, oh, man. I just could not wait to go on the next run. Mm. And it, it, it was just this, oh, I don't know, this, like, collision of Supergiant and their music and their characters mm. and their art and the, the gameplay. You know, like, I love Transistor. And I love the game playing Transistor, but man, Hades just feels so good to move around in. And the way they pace the biomes and the bosses, and then you beat the final boss and you unlock this, um, like, a scroll where you can make specific things harder. Right. And it's just the way they let you manage the difficulty and the challenge is awesome. It's so creative and you have so much license as a player to like enjoy it exactly how you want to yeah maybe maybe that's what i need to do maybe uh like that uh like my friend um the orb friend shout out to jetto um <laughs> hello orb friend she, yeah hello orb friend she um plays it on the mode where when you die it gets easier i think is what the mode is i can't remember oh, it's like some, Dude, like that. An- another great option. I, I, if, I yeah. think it's called God Mode or something. And like yeah. every time you die, you s- get slightly more defense permanently. Right. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds like what I need because I think maybe that was part of what I was struggling with is I was just dying in the same to the same boss again and again, and then right. and then I just struggled in the next area because it was just like exponentially harder for me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. This is like that's an interesting thing to come up against, right? Like difficulty in video games. Even though, like, I play a lot of video games, I'm not very good at them, <laughs> and so, um, and so, yeah, it it gets it can get hard um, to like continue to enjoy them, especially with games that don't have a, a way to change the difficulty like that. Um, yeah, uh, I mean that's that's a, a topic in its own right because it ties yeah. into accessibility and it ties into video game enjoyment and Mm -hmm. you know elden ring is um a great example of this where you've got all these wankers that rise up being like (laughs) you're not playing it right you use summons Mm -hmm. did you really beat that boss if you summon someone to help you and it's just like Mm -hmm. shut the fuck up like did you enjoy fighting that boss that's the real question and (laughs) your your enjoyment might be summoning like five rats and getting two human players to help you and like doing a gesture and sitting back and watching the fight like that's 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 a valid way to enjoy the game and so i think like difficulty in video games and enjoyment in video games are intrinsically tied and people confuse the two a lot on the internet (laughs) yeah yeah, I think an example of that that's just like that really grinds my gears and like pauses my enjoyment. The game itself is Warframe. Oh um, yeah, yeah. I I think that's like my depression game. Like I love playing that while I'm down because <laughs> it's just so uh, checklisty and um, right. in, in, yeah. in a different way to Ubisoft. It's just an MMO that's just like get the next thing. It's these are the things you need to get the next thing, and off you go, go do some grinding. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's like this community, which is a good community, and it means well. 
but they're so convinced that they all know the exact right way to play the game every single mm. one of them and they love to tell right. you about how you're not playing the game the way that they play the game which is the correct way to play the game oh man i so, mean like, that, that yeah, sounds like, like the fromsoft crew really yeah they're very similar yeah they are very similar i think and it's it's hard because it's the internet and maybe all these people are, are 13 and <laughs> and it just makes sense that you'd have those opinions when you're 13 you know but i think i think they're all 45 dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to throw my bone here bro <sighs> i know probably give them a chance but no i think they're all but <laughs> <laughs> balding graying very sad very lonely like just yeah, i don't know dude. <laughs> Savage. I, I have just have no sympathy for these these people yeah i mean that's fair i think um especially when it saps the enjoyment of others you know exactly if, if so, like you you're coming up against a boss in elden ring or warframe or whatever and you have a really mm. hard time and it's like the first boss and you hire some help and you beat it and you get that feeling of satisfaction like who the hell are some 13 or 45 year old people <laughs> to take that away from you exactly yeah yeah uh, so i was watching my the orb friend stream warframe years ago a couple of years ago now oh yeah and um of course when you stream on twitch there's always going to be a, a gamer in the chat right there's some dude <laughs> yeah. who's like you're playing the game wrong like that that happened she doesn't do this specific type of jumping in the game, which is highly enforced. Like, it's, like, very common thing to do in the game. And she just jumps normally. And it's, like, fine. You play the game however you want. Like, if, you, if that's fun for you, play the game like that. Bro, you're this friends with someone like... who jumps normally? Ew. <laughs> well, in Warframe, it's... Yeah, I don't know. It's... it's oh, fuck. Even saying it like that, it's, like... I don't know. But, yeah. So, he... he this person just uh, kept on her about this thing. And I, I was just, like, shut up, dude. Like, just... It, just let people enjoy things <laughs> let them <laughs> you're adding suffering to the world in such a really that's like an annoying way that's just not i hate it i hate it a lot yeah yeah i mean i i remember being like that when i was young i yeah. i i just think it's a, a young thing or an immaturity thing but when you say people are 45 that kind of scares me but <laughs> I, you know, I don't know. You, you. Oh look, I, I actually don't know how old they are, of course. But I just assume that like, they just have this image in my head, right, of of the forty five year old keyboard warrior. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, you're the more internet savvy one between us, so I'm I'm gonna lean on your interpretation. Okay. All right. Even though it scares you, lean on it. <laughs> um, but speaking of mul multiplayer games... <laughs> Bring it back. Bring it back. <laughs> um, d I think frustration and dying in video games is one and the same in multiplayer video games like, you know, Call of Duty and... Um, <laughs> not not Disney? Who, who make it? Blizzard? Overwatch. Um, mm. where like there is no difficulty setting or anything like that. It, it really is just about how accomplished you are. And, and hopefully these video games have some kind of algorithm that matches you against people of similar experience. Yeah. But in my experience, that hasn't Doesn't always, always been happen. the case. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and it's especially so with, games like Titanfall 2 that have smaller player bases, mm. Um, mm -hmm. especially now because, you know, 
I feel like Titanfall 2 goes through these waves. Like when it just came out, everyone was like, this is the best FPS ever. And then no one knew about it. And then it kind of yeah. had this resurgence a year ago. Yep. And everyone was just like, the servers are back. There's 16,000 players online. And again, 16,000 players is a lot for Titanfall 2. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> not in the grand for... scheme of things, it's very, not very many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But mm. it, it created this weird experience because when there was the resurgence, all the veterans were like, ooh, the, the, the game I love is back. And so yeah. it was really like, you know, you just have these people destroying you from across the map and people like, oh, I, I love the idea, but man, like, I don't feel like I have a chance to do anything. <laughs> yeah, it's a huge problem, right? Like, same thing happens in games that even don't have this issue, like Apex Legends, same developer. Um yeah. whereby you have your main account right where you are your highest level you're like five four or whatever like you've been grinding mm-hmm. um and then you have a smurf account which is just like you know a level bronze lower one or whatever you know mm-hmm. like you just jump into a brand new account but you have all the same skills that you have in your platinum account because you're the same player but you just yeah. like get matched with all these lower level players and you just wipe the map and you just get easy wins and it's yeah. like, oh, fucking, like, just for you to have your little ego boost, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. play your Smurf account and, like, and then wipe the server. All right, I got a, I, I've got, I've got a question for you then. All right, hell yeah. It, is, is it the same thing when people do it in Dark Souls? So, in the original Dark Souls, not the remaster, um, you were, when you invaded or when you summoned, it was matched by level. Right, mm-hmm. so I think if you were level ten, you could get anyone from level one to twenty, mm-hmm. um, and so you could, as an experienced player, you know, beat that game on level one, go and get all the most crazy gear, mm-hmm. and come back to Firelink Shrine and invade people, and mm-hmm. and and people still do that to this day in the original Dark Souls. <laughs> I yep. don't think they're able to do it in the remaster because there's not only a level a matchmaking system but a weapon matchmaking system so like oh, wow. if you've got like a plus five weapon you can't match with anyone below like a plus three for example mm. I, don't, I don't know what it is exactly but it, it's something like that um and and so you know there would be these <laughs> videos in the community where people have just started playing dark souls and then they get invaded and just completely destroyed and they're like was this part of the experience like was that a real person <laughs> and and there's yeah, this yeah. part of me because the nature of dark souls is so punishing where i really love that kind of thing where mm-hmm. you, you know yeah, you've just started you. the game and you accidentally head to the catacombs first and you get yeah. invaded and destroyed and yeah. and you're like it's, you know i've heard it was hard but this is ridiculous and <laughs> and i think I think there's something to that, but like if it uh, sways people from actually continuing to play, then that's maybe not such a good thing. Yeah, I mean, look, you don't have to play the game online as well. Like you, you have the option there. It's in, it, you can choose to enjoy it one way or the other. Whereas games like Apex Legends, it's like yeah, you have to play this game online to play this game. It's an online multiplayer game. Um, in the case of like Dark Souls invading, I think it's 
funny. Like I think it's uh, <laughs> it's yeah, unique. It, it is funny, it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I love this idea of like a freshly newborn child, like just coming into the world, and then you know, like Jesus with an AK forty seven comes and like takes them out. You know, like that is such a wild image that I really like. I think that's fun. Yeah. Why? But, uh, why is that so attractive to us? Because I feel exactly the same way. That's a great question. I don't know why that is so attractive or why that's so funny. Um, <laughs> maybe it's because it's relatable. Like, if anyone who's played the game is like, oh, I had this shit happen to me. Maybe. I don't know. It's also <laughs> funny just on the outset. You know, I don't know. <laughs> um, so, there is a difference with Dark Souls, though, compared to, say, Elden Ring, because the uh you know dying aspect is similar and then with multiplayer like the invasion aspect is similar is similar but Mm -hmm. with elden ring they've removed um the need to be human you know in dark souls you needed to consume a humanity at a bonfire and that's what activated the ability to summon or be invaded so you had this choice so you could be online and see messages and bloodstains but yeah. if you weren't human, um, then you you weren't at risk of getting invaded. And I kind of, I kind of love that idea where there's some risk reward where yeah. you know you've got to run to this boss and you're like I'm having heaps of trouble, so I want to summon people to help me. I'm going to be mm-hmm. human, and then you get invaded on the way. Um, yeah. And I remember when I was first getting the platinum that kept happening when I was trying to beat Ornstein and Smo, like mm-hmm. all those years ago when I just, I wasn't good enough to take them on by myself. And th- I, I didn't know that there's a, a quick way to get to them from the bonfire. And so oh. I, I would become human, run from ages away and just get invaded and destroyed and oh. be like, Oh my God. Yeah. But like, you know, I overcame eventually and I got better at PVP. So um, it ended up okay, but it was just a really cool mechanic that, again, just gave the player a bit more license and a bit more choice. And I haven't formed on a, an opinion on whether it's a good thing or a bad thing that that's now been removed with Elden Ring. Okay, so what do you get with Elden Ring? You just, just you can just be invaded anytime. Yeah, anytime. Okay. See, like, uh, as we, I can't remember if we mentioned this in another episode, but I haven't been able to play Elden Ring online because I have now type three and it just doesn't, is not compatible with online play. For yeah. Yeah. And so I haven't, I haven't had any people invade me. I can't be brought into other people's worlds. I can't have people come into my world at all for help. So I've had this slightly different experience because I prefer to play it where if I'm having trouble with the boss, I'll bring in some friends or whatever, or yeah. some randos. Yeah. Well, we, dude, we beat nameless king together <laughs> i know in the, in the network test yeah but um, yeah, no 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 changed it no in dark souls 3 i mean oh oh yes that's right yes ages yes. And oh, ages fuck ago. that guy yeah i hated that boss <laughs> um, but dude you you beat him i remember dying like towards the end and like yes. we were on the phone or something and you're like i'm yes. doing it i'm doing it i'm doing it <laughs> yeah i remember dude i remember it i remember very clearly um <laughs> Yeah, that, that guy sucked. But yeah, that having that ability was is really nice. And seeing people play these games online, you know, Dark Souls 3 or whatever, mm-hmm. and they have some friend or whatever who's just constantly being summoned in to help them play through the game, I really mm-hmm. like that. Like, they can just be like, oh, watch out around this way. Yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. And like, they'll just help them through. Like, 
shepherd them through the game, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, dying. <laughs> <laughs> We're shit at staying on topic today. But maybe it's the topic, you know. Maybe it's actually not the best of topics, but it it is good to like launch us in other directions, which I like. Yeah, yeah. Look, I just pulled this topic out of a hat. To be honest, I wasn't that um, uh, obsessed nah. with it or anything. But, yeah, um, it is a cool topic. I mean, there there are games where dying is also not a thing, right? Like, we played um, Sonic and Mario Racing last weekend, ugh. and you don't you don't die in that game. <laughs> no, I mean that's 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 a good example of where you die IRL. You know, yeah. your <laughs> yeah. your your entertainment value dies. <laughs> yes, yeah, pretty quickly. Uh, and I was thinking about cart games as well like there's just been no cart games i mean there has been cart games but none of them have been able to do what mario kart had done but like there doesn't need to be cart games because mario <laughs> kart is it just services all of us Everything. in the way we want to be serviced it's like smash bros you know yeah it's just it's like i know there are other fighting games and and you know that's probably a very contentious statement but for, <laughs> for me it's just like Every other fighting game feels like you're walking through molasses compared to Smash Bros. Mm. And yeah. it's I'm I'm glad that there are options for people and you know when there are more options the consumer wins and I'm all about that. But like for me there's just so much polish there and it's at this stage with Ultimate where you know that game's a couple of years old and like if they never came out with a new one that'd be fine. Like that yeah. game's just going to be good for ages. And I think yeah. Mario Kart is the same. Um, I I do agree with you to an extent. I think that there is actually room for a new kart racing game. I oh, don't know shit. what property. Here we go. Or, Here we I go. Silent Hill kart racer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I don't know if it should have uh, a property attached to it, or if it is just purely kart racing with some new IP, right? What um, what but, kind what kind of things do you think it it needs then to kind of stand out from Mario Kart or at least right. have the facade yeah. of being different? Yeah, and being good, you know, and like it needs good. to be able to be good. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to those questions. I I I think Mario Kart does a lot of cool stuff, mm -hmm. um, but I think that there's totally room for more creativity in, um. The carts, like the carts don't matter much anymore, you know? They they kind of did in Mario Kart 64. If you pick Bowser, you were heavier and slower. Yeah. If you pick Yoshi, you were fast, like all that sort of stuff. But now the carts don't they don't seem to play much of a role. That's that's a maybe, good point, yeah. And so maybe there's like room for there to be some really cool um cart tuning stuff where like you pick a certain weight of character and then you build the cart around them. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. The carts themselves are also, they felt really impressive, or not impressive, um, like Bowser's weight in Mario Kart 64 was like, actually, it meant something. Whereas now, I don't feel as impacted by getting hit by Bowser in like, you know, modern Mario Kart. It's just like, oh, whatever. It's, it's pretty much the same as getting hit by another character. Mm. So I think like mm. in, a, in a new kart game, like having the ability to have like a cart that when it hits you, it's really detrimental, but like the steering is bad. You know, like there's all these like fun little balancing things that... Uh, that might be fun. Um, I don't know whether they would be or not, but they might be. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see what Mario Kart does next because f 
for some reason, oh, well, the reason is money, but they, you know, <laughs> they released Mario Kart 8.1 or whatever it was yeah, rather than I saw that. Mario Kart 9. And Mario Kart 8 was such a big jump. You know, it introduced mm. the gliders, I think, yeah. and like yep. zero G and going upside down. And it had all these cool mechanics where like running into someone at zero G gave you a boost. Yeah. And I don't know that I just feel like there was they've this, done it all. There's nothing yeah, left. Yeah, yeah. There, there was this huge jump in creativity, and I was like, hell yeah, this is great now. But I wonder what they'll do next. And then you know they did Mario Kart Deluxe, I think it's called, and it's just yep. the same thing but on Switch. And yep. I, I think people are hanging out. You know, every Nintendo yep. console gets a Mario Kart game and sometimes they're innovative like that GameCube one dash double dash? double dash double hell dash. yeah I love double dash yeah I love that game that was sick yeah great great game and really cool original concept where like you can have two characters like two players on the same cart and mm. awesome and weird and different and Mario Kart 8 felt like the same thing again in a different direction and I just hope Mario Kart 9 is going to be different again, but I don't know how it could be improved, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I mean, it's not my realm of expertise, you know, like racing games aren't really like where mm. I go to, you know, enjoy myself. Um, I was just thinking about Mario Kart because it's on the list of, of like games where you don't die. Then mm. I was like, I kind of feel like playing Mario Kart, like what's it doing? And I saw that they released a bunch of new tracks or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. The Mario Kart's always kind of been in my life. Always just been there, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well. Isn't that weird? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think it's just one of those Nintendo staples, you know? And, yeah. and, and for me, when you have a franchise in your life like that, it's kind of like, uh, getting tattoos, you know, like I've, I've got a bunch of tattoos and I just look at them sometimes and I remember what my life was like when I got them and I yeah, feel right. like when you look at Mario Kart Double Dash you can remember what life was like when that game came yeah. out and you know yeah. what school was like and all that kind of stuff and you know I feel like Mario Kart Wii played a big part in the oh, like, yeah. start of our relationship because it was just it like it took over the house that we lived in yeah, um, for I the remember better. Dom coming around and just like screaming at Mario Kart with us. That was sick. <laughs> yeah, like we yeah. just had so much fun with it. So it's kind of yeah. like these stamps that, you know, just remind you of what life was like at that point in time. Yes, that is a very beautiful way to look at it, dude. <laughs> Here I am, like, we need something different, you know? Like, sick of this fucking Mario shit. We need something new. And then and then you're like, yeah, but but they stamp your life in, at meaningful part. Yeah, that's, that's great. I really like that. Oh, man. Speaking of um, games where you can't die but are mm. equally meaningful, games like Animal Crossing. So mm -hmm. for me, like... I think I think the biggest difference in games where you can't die and games where you can is like an exhilaration. So I find Mario Kart pretty fun despite the fact that you can't die. Yeah. Um but like Animal Crossing is not that fun for me, but mm -hmm. it it serves another purpose. Like it's 
a wind down game. It's really satisfying. It's social. Like I think yep. I've got like 200 hours in that most recent Animal yep. Crossing and I, I don't regret any of it. And I wasn't like going around having a blast. Like yeah. a lot of that game is annoying interactions, you know, like building a river and making a mountain and all that shit is a pain in the ass. <laughs> like it's it's not very user friendly at all yeah, but despite yeah. that it's just this nice relaxing time where there's not really any stress or there's no uh focus on doing something you know under a time limit yeah or anything like that um and i think that's a really good example of a game where it, it doesn't have dying and it it definitely doesn't need dying but it still serves this purpose yep um to sort of pivot off that a little bit i reckon um there's so i can't remember if i told you about this but do you do you know the way of playing pokemon called nuzlocke have i told you about this before yeah yeah i've, I've played a pokemon doing a nuzlocke run Oh, you've done a Nuzlocke run. So that's yeah. really cool, right? Like you take a, a mechanic in a game where Pokemon faint um, and instead of fainting, they die and you never get to use them again. You bury mm. them. Yeah. Um, and that's really cool. Like self-imposed challenges where death is final is something that sort of I played on my mind and I chatted with a few people at work about. Right. Yeah, well, the Nuzlocke run I did was on Pokemon Sword. Um, yep. because I was trying to find meaning in that game. And <laughs> <laughs> here we go again, like, I know it's a kid's game, but the first time I played, I, like I just walked through that game. There was zero yep. challenge in that game. And I did the Nuzlocke run to like, um, uh, like create more of a challenge. Yep. And I was going through that, doing my run and I just, had to keep introducing more and more Nuzlocke rules to, right. to make it hard. Yes. Oh so like the Pokemon fainting one, I think is the most basic one. And then um, the Pokemon you beat a gym with, you have to release. Yep. Um, so like, you know, you can't rely on having a strong Pokemon, you know, just putting all your yeah. effort into a strong Pokemon. Um, those, those were the two main ones. And I think like once I implemented that gym one, it became like a little bit harder. And I was like, all right, this, this is kind of where it's at. But the self-imposed challenge, especially around permadeath, I think that creates the exhilaration I was talking about. You know, yeah. there's so much more at stake. Like if yeah. this Slowbro is my dude and he's on low health, suddenly it matters. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't really matter does. that much yeah. otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that a lot of the times where it feels like it matters isn't built in, or some of the times, like in, in the case of Nuzlocke, mm. it isn't built into the game. Yeah. You know, like that Skyrim run through that I did where I was like, oh, the, I, the, when I die, I'm dying. I'm, I'm never going to play Skyrim again. You know, like I, I made it so that the, it actually had stakes. <laughs> right. And, and that, you know, that actually got me to play Skyrim. And I've only yeah. I've only played it for two hours because I did a permadeath. Same thing. I played yeah, it for yeah. two hours and then died, and I was like, "That's it." And I've never played yep. it again. Yeah. And yeah, fair enough. But but it like it created 
this desire to play. I was like, oh, actually, that sounds, you know, that sounds really interesting to me. Um, yeah. You know, I'd seen you play it before. And then when you're like, I'm doing a permadeath run, I was like, permadeath, eh? Like, that's, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's exciting as well. And then there's um, games that actually have it built in. So um, there's a game called Escape from Tarkov, uh, which is like a first person shooter. It's like heavy on the military stuff. Like you need to know what ammo types to use and what ammo goes in what um, magazine and what magazine, oh. blah, 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 blah. You know, wow. it's a super deep. Mm-hmm. It's basically like a military sim. But the cool thing in that game is uh, you have your PMC, they're called, which is like your main guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you load them up with all the gear that you've collected or bought from the, the various vendors in the game and you go out into a raid. And in the raid, there's like, you know, 12 other players or something like that, or eight or something, mm-hmm. and a bunch of scabs, scavengers, um, and they can be either AI driven or player driven. And so you're in this huge map, right? It's like almost like an open world, almost. Um, Right. And it's, it's it's like in a setting you know there's like a train station one or there's like a shopping center one and you go and you try and kill the other players and also collect loot that's around the stage that's kind of randomly generated a little bit and um however but if you get shot and die or you die some other way you lose that stuff all of the stuff that you had on that character is is gone forever you right. can't get it back Right. And also your character goes down to really low health and you need to sort of, you know, heal them up to get them back. Right, um, okay. So there's like big time consequences for dying in that game. And so yeah. as a result, um, in a raid, if you like find some really expensive stuff, like a really cool gun, or you kill a bunch of people and loot all their stuff, you're like, oh, I'm going to be able to sell all this stuff for so much money. And then you have to get out. Like the whole point of the game is escape from Tarkov. You get out right. of the stage by going to these specific um, escape points. Um, suddenly it becomes really important for you to not die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I lose all of this stuff. Some other person's going to get it, you know, like, yeah, that's cool. I spent, you know, half an hour farming all of this stuff. And now if I get chased down, it's, it's very serious. And so, yeah, that, I really like that idea, even though the game is not for me, it's, I like, I like the concepts in that. Yeah. Well, I think you've hit the nail on the head, like in games where dying creates stakes, I, I think that's where most of my enjoyment in video games lie for me. Mm. I think when you're going to lose a bunch of runes or, mm. you know, it works the other way as well. So if you're going to gain a bunch of stuff for doing mm. like a specific challenge, I think that's really engaging as well. Yeah. But there's... I, I've got this problem where when games aren't hard enough, I just become disinterested. Yeah, right. So after you recommended Slay the Spire and and I beat that on Ascension 20, which is extremely hard and yeah. very satisfying, um, mm-hmm. you put me onto Monster Train and Monster Train has all these cool mechanics and it's it's innovative in a lot of ways, but that game is just so easy. Yeah. Like it has the uh, an equivalent system to the ascension system. I can't remember what it's called, but like there's 25 difficulty levels, and yeah. it works the same way. Where you, if you beat it on one difficulty level, you just go to the next one. And I just did, you know, I'd never played that game before, and I just did like 15 of them in a row. Yeah. And, and I was like, this game, like because there isn't enough difficulty here it doesn't force me to 
experiment or try new things. Like, I'll try something that works, and if that works, hell yeah. You just carry like, it all the way to the end. I, it, I just carry it over and over again. And, like, yeah. I think there is some kind of stubbornness on my part there where i'm not <sighs> trying new things but like oh look if it works it works like that's human behavior man like if, if if you have the way to do it and it is like you say if it works it works you know like there's yeah. no reason to try anything else that's bad it's not bad design but it's poor design um if there is not if, if they don't change it in such a way that makes you want to change what you're doing yeah and i guess uh you know playing bioshock on hard that's a great yeah. example of having to use all the tools at your disposal to like take down a big daddy. And I love the way when you can kind of put your trust in a developer like that, where you just get funneled into this challenge. And, you know, when you take out a big daddy, you get so much shit, like you get ammo and upgrades and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. The reward is there. Yeah. And it just, I don't know that, that kind of, you know, high stakes, reward-based gameplay is is where it's at for me personally yep um and then the other one that i had to bring along was um oh fuck what's it called hunt showdown which oh, I don't um know that one. Oh man if ever we get to a point where we don't know what to play on sundays with demo we should we should get hunt uh, oh, it's yeah. on sale Oh, cool. Um, it's, it's not the best console experience, but on PC, it's fantastic. It's like um, similar to Escape from Tarkov, right? Where you go into a raid, there's like eight other players, 12 of something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go in solo or duos or as a group of three. Um, and the idea is you need to hunt down a boss. The boss monster is like some, you know, swampy, badass creature. Like there's a big meathead one, which is like he's got a cleaver. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like a giant spider, which you would hate. Um, there is. <laughs> I would love to kill it. Yeah, yeah, oh, dude. The way it moves around is so gross. Uh, and then there's like a scrap beat character, which is like this sort of hoarder witch lady who like her back is covered in items, and as you shoot her, they drop off. But she also throws like but it's it's awesome. She's cool. And then there's another one as well. Oh, the assassin. There's like those main bosses. Um, and after you beat the boss, um, it drops the bounty, which is just like a little token which you pick up, and that gives you uh effectively wall hacks like very loose wall hacks mm-hmm. so you can see through walls yep. for like five seconds right. so and you choose you choose when the five seconds happens so you can spend you know half a second here or one second there or all uh, of your five yeah. seconds all at once you know you yep. just press a button yeah um and all the time that you're fighting the boss the other players can come and try and stop you from fighting the boss or kill you or also fight the boss as well and just get in, get engaged in the situation right um they can wait for you to kill the boss, take the bounty, and then shoot you and take the bounty and leave. Oh. Um, and the cool thing that how all of this relates to death is your character, once you extract with the bounty or without the bounty, if you just leave, um, you maintain the gear that you picked up in that level and you also maintain the um, level. So your hunter goes up in level every time you extract after having done some stuff in the, mm-hmm. in the game. Mm-hmm. And you can um, give them traits. So you buy traits with these points, like you basically experience points. Right. And they're, yeah, they're, yeah. they're really cool things. Like um, you can res a teammate through a wall or you can move quick faster through water. Like you slow down substantially in the water in this game. Yeah. Okay. Um, you can fire a bolt action rifle without taking your eye away from the scope when you pull the trigger. Like there's all sorts of like little um traits which change the way that you play the game and by like if you extract two or three times with a hunter 
they're like this badass, you know, they've got all these traits. They've seen some shit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and uh, they become like this valuable thing in your roster. Like you've got a roster of like five or six hunters and some of them are high level and some of them are newbies. Right. And so like, yeah, it's this really cool um, balance where you're like, oh man, last hunt of the night, I'm going to take my like highest level guy out there. And then if we win, I, you, I get to retire. And then when you retire, you get a bunch of experience points right, um, right. for your overall account and um, you get new gear with those experience points. Yeah, it all, it all shakes out in a really interesting balance of like time spent in the game equals uh, enjoyment and also equals like progressing, progressing your overall, um, you know, load out of stuff. Dude, that's the calculation right yeah. there. Like where time spent in the game equals enjoyment and progression. And yeah. and that might be, um, you know, the highest accolade that I would give Hades yeah, for me yeah, yeah. personally. Like that, that really gets the blend perfect. Yeah. And, and, and you kind of also touched on something around how video games like online video games communicate to other players that this player has seen some shit. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's a really cool concept where you summon someone in dark souls or something and they've just got the most outrageous looking armor and weapons. And you're like, Holy <laughs> shit. All right. This, yeah. Yeah. this boss is going down or, you know, <laughs> you, you, you play an online shooter and someone's in bright pink or something, you know, that person is going to fuck you up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. There's um, there's like legendary hunters in Hunt, which are paid for with premium currency or money, mm-hmm. and like sometimes you see someone rocking like the most ridiculous, <laughs> weird-looking legendary hunter. You know, that's like a redneck, and he's got a target, a literal target painted on a hay bale that's strapped to his chest. Like it's just, <laughs> it's it's so silly. That that um, sounds great. But it's also I'm, very good. I'm keen on that. Yeah, yeah, it's very tense. Like it's quite um. They have this amazing audio in the game, like 3D audio. So oh, anything yeah. that you do makes sound. And so it's all, it's really about hunting. Like you hunt the other players, the other players hunt you all through sound. And there's like sound traps in the level. So like, um, there'll be like a dying horse on the road. And as you approach it, it starts neighing really loud. Oh, that <laughs> So is you need to awesome. like put it out of its misery or like run away. Or there's like crows and... The crows are a really beautiful mechanic, right? So, like, if you approach the crows, they start making a noise, like a very sort of, you know, quiet, flustered noise. Mm -hmm. And then if you get closer, they get a little bit louder. And then if you get close enough, they'll fly off. Um, But the cool thing about the way that they fly off is they fly off in the direction that you approach them from. And so if you see, you know, if you look out over the horizon, over some trees, and you see some crows flying in a direction, you can follow that direction of the crows that were flying, and you'll be able to intercept enemy players yeah <laughs> i love that it's very good that's that's awesome that's awesome oh man and it makes me want to talk about mechanics in video games that just like give you the good feelings you yeah. know like where when you see something like that or you you hear about something like that you're like oh someone put so much thought into it like that's <laughs> such a great idea yeah yeah, man, Hunt, Hunt's one of those games where like um, it's so good, but it's it, I, f- I feel like it's just missing. It has like such high potential. So like the, those monsters that I mentioned, that's it. You know, there's no new monsters. The, that those are the bosses that you fight. They never bring out a new one. I'm like, what if they had like monster of the month? You know, like they brought. It doesn't even have to be like a compulsory thing. You know, like if it breaks the game or like makes the game unbalanced or 
they're too hard or too easy or whatever mm. reason you don't even have to engage with that you can just play the core set of monsters that work but if you really want to play the new monster you can mm. um or like the ability to have an actual hub so in escape from tarkov you have your um what's it called hideout and the hideout is like just it, there's nothing there you know it's like blank walls and broken stuff and as you bring stuff back from raids you can like um improve the toilet <laughs> which changes how your character is hydrated in the game you know like there's all these little little systems happening that as you play the game you get to upgrade these things in your hideout and improve the way your main character functions yeah, and okay. so like if hunt had something like that like a hunter's lodge like it, this shit writes itself man that's why i'm so like disappointed like if there's like a hunter's hunter's lodge and you brought back x amount of you know um uh, zombie teeth or something you know like some uh -huh, uh -huh. asset from the, the world you yeah. could build a charm which would help you do xyz you know like reload this specific type of gun faster or something you know yeah dude and this shit doesn't write itself that's all you baby you know what i'm saying like this goes back <laughs> to that first question you had around if you could take an ip what would you do with it it's like yeah if if someone else can take an ip and then give me something half finished that's where i'm good i can i yeah, can right. i can take something and make it better like i'm all about optimization yeah. and that's yep. like that's where i sit with elden ring you know yeah, right. when i play bloodborne or hollow knight i'm like i cannot optimize this game any further this game is perfect <laughs> is it does everything yeah. it needs to do and i couldn't think of any of this shit originally anyway but like yeah. with elden ring I'm like, man, there's a bunch of basic shit in here that they just didn't think about. Like the great runes, all right? And I don't want to rant for too long because we're already over time. But, <laughs> yeah. the, okay, so you beat a big bad, right? You get a cutscene, mm -hmm. you, you kick that, that, that boss's ass, and uh, you, you get his, like, uh, I don't know, it's like a memory of a great rune, or it is a great rune, yep. but it's not activated yet. And you read the uh, description, and it's like, you got to go to this place to activate it. So you, you go through all this bullshit and you go up the tower and to activate a great rune there in all these huge towers and the elevator takes like 30 seconds and it's epic. You know, it's <laughs> mm -hmm. like the scale, the sense of scale is amazing. They, they yep. knocked it out of the park again. And you get up there and you're like, oh man, what's this great rune going to do? And it doesn't do shit. All the great runes suck. <laughs> They're like, you want a bit more health? Oh, this one gives you health and stamina. And it's like, dude, you could have tried just a little bit harder and they could yeah. have been like these creative things, you know, just like you were saying, this is kind of the equivalent of like, you know, going out on a mission or whatever, bringing an asset back from the world. But mm -hmm. like, do you really care about 10% more health? Like, yeah. that's kind of this crux of RPGs from 10 years ago where you do 10% more damage with a light weapon, 13% more yeah. damage with a heavy weapon. And all that yep. stuff sucks. It doesn't feel yeah. meaningful. If it was like, uh, you know, you were granted a special ability where you could hover for two seconds... You know, I don't know how that would change your interaction with the world, but it would change something. Like having 10% yeah. more health doesn't change shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do know what you're saying. Yeah, I, I think games really, uh, especially online games, um, really struggle with this. Like they say, mm. War Warframe's a, a prime example um, where you'll get like... Um, an upgrade i can't remember what they're called some some way to upgrade your character and it's like um two, 
0.25% more heat damage on this sword after you've been knocked down. You know, like there's all of these like... <laughs> It's like a parody of itself at that point. It is. It really is. And the so the mods in this game in Warframe are like the whole reason that you play. Like you change the way that your Warframe functions by changing out what, what mods it has on it, which is like a cool system. Right. Um, but it, it just really falls into this trap of like uh, some of these mods, man, are just like no one has any use for this. You know, it's like 30% more ammo on a reload after you've killed an enemy or whatever, you know, or after a headshot. It's like, mm. oh my God, like this, there's no, there's no purpose for this. And yeah, I agree. Like in Elden Ring, that, that is, uh, for the, for, for beating a boss as well, getting 10% extra health is just like so mediocre. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's weird because they've already got a system in place that they've had in place since the dawn of time where you like <laughs> take a boss soul, right? Cause you beat the boss and yeah. you go and make it into this epic weapon or shield or, or spell. Um, yeah. or you can consume it for like heaps of souls or runes or whatever. And yeah. like, that's great. That's meaningful. And then they had the forethought to be like, man, we can add something more that ties into the law. Like, you know, the two fingers are connecting with this greater entity and if you take, um, you know, the remnants of this shard bearer to that entity, then it activates something like it activates a dormant power, but that power mm. is boring as hell. And it's like, am I really to think that like the power that made this demigod so great was 10% more health? You know, <laughs> like, it, it's like they had mm. the first thought to do it and then after that they just like gave it to some stoned intern that really wanted to do graphic design <laughs> but was like stuck there you know creating Doing balance crucial <laughs> yeah, balance for yeah, exactly. a, like the game where balance is the prime thing that it hinges on yeah exactly uh, exactly yeah yeah i know dude i know it's uh, there's a lot of that i feel like as people who consume games uh, um i don't want to say gamers right i hate i hate the idea of being gamers. a gamer yeah that uh, but you are a gamer joe <laughs> yeah i know i can't i can't handle it i don't want I, listen we can't end it with me being a gamer that's where it, that's the worst oh. but as someone who consumes this type of media <laughs> there's um there's like this insight that we have right and that, that like some studios do really make a good um a good go at listening to the players mm-hmm. and making changes based on input. Right. Um, there's it's... like specific studios that will do, you know, like I can't remember, I think it's Blizzard, which is not the greatest of studios, but they, they have like a, they have like a name for it, you know, like they're our community heroes or something, you know, like they have, they have like a program in place where they um, basically pay them some, not a wage, not with money, but some re- resource in the game, which helps, which gives them a reason to want to help as well. Right, I see. Yeah. So, it's out there. People are listening, but it's just, it's hard. It's a hard thing to balance. Yeah, yeah. As a as a dev, I, I, when I was working on Puzzle Quest, the amount of shit that just comes in from every single angle, it's mm. so, like, it, it actually becomes a dev problem, like a problem that needs to be solved by someone on the team collate all of the feedback yeah like it's organize a, it a new job in itself just to yes. be able to like process it yes yes mm. so it's, the minute that you start listening to community feedback it's like oh 
now there's 30,000 voices and they're all so loud and they all say that the game is broken for different reasons, mm. you know, like, and it's just like, well, fuck, what, you know, which ones do we listen to and how do we organize this data and how old is this data is another thing. Like mm. I remember bringing up this up in a meeting that I was sitting in on with the community. I don't know why I was in the community meeting, but I was, <laughs> and um, we were talking about data and I was like, yeah, you know, this data is useful right now, but you know, if this is game breaking still in six months time, we need some way in the specific spreadsheet spreadsheet to say, okay, this, this age, the age of the data is also a crucial like point yeah, to the data. Definitely. Definitely. So yeah, there's there's all sorts of things that come into this idea of like, oh, you just fix it by doing this. It's like, yeah, sort of. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well I wonder I wonder how much interaction there is with uh the community for feedback before release. You know, yeah. like it's it's really common in the movie industry to have um, pre-screenings for audience reactions and yeah. historically these reactions have changed the endings of movies yeah. you know they're like the audience goes in and they're like yeah the movie was great but the ending sucked and like the producers will actually take it on board and say yeah. to the writers and the director you need to change this and yeah. and i can't think of any examples right now but you know every now and again when i'm reading through like imbd trivia after a movie i'm i'm not I'm not watching the original ending. Like I'm watching yeah, an ending that changed ending. due to feedback. Yeah. And I just wonder like within video games, does that exist? Do, you know, you get a bunch of people into a studio and you have do. them play you the do. game. Right. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. So there's, um, when I was working on puzzle quest, there is, so there's, um, actual companies that are run to support this. So they have, mm. um, they're not like game testers. They don't call themselves testers. There's some other, word for it that's like you know they basically get a bunch of people in supposedly from a, a broad spectrum of the target audience and they give them the game and they give them some information and then they play it and they record the whole thing so they'll right. have like you know cameras at their face and cameras at the ipad that they're using or whatever they're using mm -hmm. and then they collate all the data and put it into you know different spreadsheets and graphs and show off where you know people had issues and these these companies specifically pride themselves on being like you know, we, we capture a broad range, you know, like we capture all sorts of different data here. Right. Um, right. And they try to give it to you in a way that's like visual, like visually able to be passed um, so that, so that you can action it. Um, mm, yeah. So it's, it's good, but it's also like, it's only like 50% useful, which is a weird thing to say, right? Like it's, it's only 50% useful because a lot of the time the people who are playing the game haven't played the game before. Um, so they're not familiar with like late game issues, for instance. And so like, there's all sorts of things that need to, to be taken into account with testing. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's, sorry, go on. Oh, I was going to say, you, you can't really play test Elden Ring just from the start every single time. I, I was about know? to say, you know, getting yeah. someone in to watch like, a two and a half hour action movie is very different from yes. like getting someone to come in and try and understand the scope of like a potentially 120 hour game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So what you end up doing, and, and this is where a lot of the problem lies with a lot of these games and balance is you build a character for them based on, you know, a whole set of parameters. You say, okay, they're going to play a paladin for instance, or whatever, you know, the, a knight, and they're going to have X, Y, Z stats, which we've seen are pretty common for people who play the game up to this point and have chosen this character um and then they go off and they play the game from x amount of hours in supposedly mm. you know with all of this progress 
Yeah. Which is sort of like what the network test was, right? Like there were spells that were unlocked that were um, super high level and, and they just wanted to get like a read on the way people would use those spells and what sort of situations and if they yeah. were still useful or fun. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And and then, it, you know, it jumping into the main game felt very different. Like, totally. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, wow, it is, you know, they have changed things. I, I totally expected for it to be exactly the same. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, they they do all sorts of funky stuff with with tests to get get information. But the, like I said, the problem is it's only fifty percent useful because it's not the player's true experience, right? Yeah, it's like yeah. they are picking up at some point, and it's so hard. So there's interesting work being done in this area with AI. So they'll oh, have yeah. machines trained to play the game um, in a certain way, mm-hmm. and this is more specifically specifically around like bug testing and stuff like that, not specifically mm-hmm. like player enjoyment. Yeah, it's really cool. Like you can program an AI to like play the game and like do specific things and and look out for when there's like oh, a game breaking bug where the player can't like once they go down this elevator the game doesn't load or something. So like mm, instead of having yeah. to pay like a team of fifty testers, fifty thousand testers, you can say okay AI play this game fifty thousand times and mm. off you go. You know like yeah, it's yeah. genius. It's really cool. Yeah, stuff that I don't understand how they do. <laughs> they do it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, oh, should we should we wrap it up? We've gone well over time today. <laughs> yeah, we're we're well over. Let's let's wrap things up with a a, a one off lightning round question. Okay. Where, and I feel like this is a question that like only video games where you die make you want to do this. But yep. when has dying in a video game made you want to throw your controller across the room? Or if if it's applicable, when has dying in a video game made you throw your controller? Oh boy. Um, I have a, I have a few different memories of playing games where I have like actually thrown my controller onto the couch or whatever, mm-hmm. but I don't remember what games they were. They were probably, you know, the Dark Souls games or whatever, but I, I remember <laughs> playing, um, Smash Bros at your place and JT just like beat me one time and I got so <laughs> mad, <laughs> threw my controller on the floor. Yeah. That was, that was a real, uh, a real ride. Yeah. I mean, JT's very good at elevating the amount of abrasiveness in the atmosphere (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 he sure is i think after that point i was like uh i think i'm not gonna let him get to that that point again (laughs) that far under my skin i don't mind a little bit of jt under the skin if you know what i'm saying but like it's uh yeah you gotta know how where to cut it cut the Cut the influence. Oh, totally. <laughs> well, that's a great answer. What about you? Um, I've I've got I've got two very clear memories where I mm. I threw the controller. Like once when I was a kid, I was at the Banjo Kazooie final boss, <laughs> and um, I now know that if you like collect all the feathers, or if you collect all of one of the items, you get two whole health bars, and oh, wow. um. When I was a kid, I didn't know that. And I was versing the boss with just one health bar. And man, I just got so close to beating Grunty or Gruntilda mm-hmm. or whatever her name is. And I lost and I like threw my Nintendo 64 controller and it broke. And I oh, started no. crying. The game of tears. Oh, the game of tears were real. Like the yeah. eight-year-old game of tears. And I remember yeah. like going to some electronic store with my mum and the guy was like, 
did you want to throw this controller? And I was like, no. <laughs> like, oh. I didn't. Oh. I didn't want to admit the shame was too yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that- it is a shame- shameful thing. It sucks. You know, like it's such a bizarre response. You know, like throw the controller. Like that's such a. I don't know. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's just your anger getting the better of you, and yeah. that's not good to see in. That's anyone. bad. I know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. Anyway, um, I was I was hoping to wrap this podcast up by saying, "Hey, if if you guys if if y'all have any counter arguments to us just yelling our opinion for an hour and a half, you can send us an email at it's almost the weekend at gmail.com. But someone's an email. Someone's already taken it's almost the weekend at Gmail, oh, and oh and I was hoping it was you, but it doesn't sound like it is. And no. so, so we need to make an email so we can, we can, you know, give everyone a chance to give us new topics or just be like, you guys are so wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's totally yeah. the voice. I'll read it in if you call us out on our bullshit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. I was thinking the exact same thing on the train while I was listening to our first episode. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. It's, uh, there's, I'm sure multiple times in that episode and all episodes we like say some stuff and it's like completely wrong. <laughs> Just fundamentally yeah. wrong. Yeah, no, <laughs> so I, I love yeah. that. I love that these first few episodes, there's no way for them to contact us though. Like we just get to throw <laughs> all this bullshit out there and there's nothing they can do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're like, it's, it might be a peek behind the curtain, but we are recording these ahead of time. Um, but yeah there, there's there's something nice about not having to have any real consequences <laughs> like when i do a tweet or whatever it's like oh every, like two thousand people whatever it is how many, how many people follow me see it and it's like oh god you know like this is like potentially out there now but this is like oh i got a few weeks before this hits the world that's not <laughs> i'll have so forgotten about it yeah, the way humans are like, they, they can't see past the immediate, you know, day or whatever. They're oh, just like, totally. oh, you know, we don't care about X, Y, Z thing because it's so far in the future. That's a problem mm. for tomorrow's Joe. Exactly. Yeah, next week's Joe, you'll think about it then. And then <laughs> yeah. that'll be, a, yeah, it might be a problem. All right. So our promise to you is that we will find some uh, web address that isn't taken and give you the ability to send us an email. Um, maybe we can uh, uh, use an acronym or something. Anyway, we'll work that out off the air. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's stuff to figure out. Um, and I think there actually might be, if it's on Apple Podcasts, you should be able to leave comments on the show, like review the show, which oh I don't boy. think you can do on Spotify. But oh, yeah, man. if you want to even put your questions there for now, or whatever, if, if you have stuff to say, put it there. Yeah. Or review I bombers. I would I would love that. I would love randoms just to be like, these two guys don't know what they're talking about. Like, I would love we, that. <laughs> I, uh, look, there's part of me that's like, oh, God. It's like um two, two dudes <laughs> in their 30s starting a podcast. It's like we have nothing to say, you know. We really don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, I, if, don't, I don't like acknowledging that. I want to just leave it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. If you acknowledge it, some some part of you that you want to keep down beneath the rest of your unstable emotions <laughs> yeah. will burst out. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just gonna set that in a little box to the side. <laughs> uh, we're um, we have heaps to say clearly. So. 
<laughs> yeah. Until next week, I reckon. Uh, I reckon have a have a great weekend. Is that how we sign it off? Uh, no, we'll see when it's almost the weekend again. But uh, I mean, it. why can't people have a great weekend? That's another great. Both. Sign-off. We don't. Yeah, we, yeah. That's both. Both. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye bye.